All right, guys. Thank you for joining us today. This is Chris Emke and special guest. Nick Prignitz. We are doing something a little different today. We don't have Paul Wilson on site. How do you feel about that, Nick? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Paul not being here, but I'm happy to be here, Chris. And okay, cool. You. Just making sure. Just making sure. Um, we have a lot of exciting things going on. You know, we, we, we talk about ahead of time, you know, doing these podcasts and, and outlines and things like that. Uh, we've had a lot of crazy, crazy things going on here over at CPS over the last few weeks. If by crazy you mean transfer cases landing on the track, twisted pretzel drive shafts, new turbochargers, projects, and all sorts of fun shit, then yes, it's been crazy. Little four-bangers making nasty power. 200 horsepower in a yeah. Jeep is pretty well, cool. Hold on. We'll, we'll get into oh, that. Sorry. So, <clears throat> Don't top the of the people. Top of the list. So this weekend, when this airs, um, Alligator Performance uh, is doing their Hunting for Horsepower yes. event that they do every year. Uh, you've been to that event before, correct? It's a couple times, yeah. Okay. What, what is that event? What does that look like? It's a combination dirt drag sled pull and vendor alley and, and uh, dino competitions. So oh. mostly a, uh, all day is kind of like a dino shootout. Okay. And there's a vendor alley. A lot of people walking around, talking to vendors, you know, shooting the shit. Uh, there's a big dino competition in the morning. And then afternoon comes around, you got dirt drags. So you got truck dirt drags, you got buggies, Honda Civics. Wow. Razors, whatever, man. We had a lot of fun at the dirt drags last year. Yeah. There. So we have uh, we have a, a, a few people from our staff up there. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of the guys left Tuesday morning. They... Took the F-450 and the L-5P on a trailer with our booth. Yep. And then uh, a couple of the other guys flew out uh, the this morning, actually. Yeah, so they'll so, be out there with our or booth. yesterday morning. They will be set up at the Alligator event. Uh, they'll also be dirt dragging. They brought the F-450, so mm -hmm. that is the... That's reigning champ last year. Reigning champ yeah. for the stock turbo class. Hell cool, yeah. Cool figure. And they also brought uh, the L-5P. So mm -hmm. the white L-5P, just tune-only truck with kind of like sled, sled pull setup, the one that Hager's been sled pulling this yeah. year. So they're going to run that. And the, there's some emissions, some classes kind of focused on emissions equipped power up there this year. So they're going to run the sled pull class with the uh, L, with the L5P and the dirt drags, and then the dirt drags with the 450. I don't know if they're going to sled pull the 450 or not, but they're going to run the shit out of those trucks. I mean, uh, the gentleman that uh, pilots the F450 uh, is no stranger to braking stuff. So I think from a... Uh, uh, a strategic side of things, he probably not sled pull that truck. Timmy had a big, uh, big weekend last weekend. He did. Parts. He yeah. did. He's so got a little bit of history, but he is a good driver. I mean, he, you got phenomenal driver. You give the guy credit. I know. As long as there's no weight behind him, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> True story. So, uh, speaking of last weekend, you know, being a big weekend, uh, one of the trucks that was actually going to go to the hunting for horsepower that unfortunately wasn't able to make it was uh, a truck that within our company we've always uh, deemed it as the UCC truck for its intended purpose when yes. we were building it. Um, we have now decided to uh, refer to that truck as the Big Block Cummins, per per you, Nick. Um, first time we had the truck out at the track. What a blast, man! What the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's just take it step by step. So, I mean, we this is probably the third pole that we have planned to take the truck to this mm -hmm. year. I uh, wanted to take it to some to a smaller event just because of the logistics of moving that truck around and the risks associated with it. Mm -hmm. um, the truck has been in the making since winter of 2015. Yeah. Uh, first Cummins Forum post was in the beginning of 2016, so it's been a four-year, three-year project. 
a couple thousand dollars spent on that one. Well, for for our newer listeners, right? There's a lot of people that you know. There's no secret. Some guys have given us flack that we made this big splash and talked and hyped up the truck, and then it kind of went on the back burner. When you do a project of this caliber, it takes time. So, for old listeners, new listeners, what is the what is the setup? What is this big block Cummins? What is the truck? The truck is a 2011 cabin chassis 3500 Dodge Ram. Right. Uh, It's been lengthened. Uh, it has a had a flat bed on it originally. The flat bed was removed, and a ten foot bed was custom built by our, my buddy Brett over Precision Body. Uh, custom, you know, put two beds together to make a custom ten foot bed. So it's a regular cab truck, ten foot bed. It's a dually. It's got uh, a what started life as an ISC or an ISL, depending on which build you go with. This is the second round for the motor. Um, medium duty, you know, uh, eight point nine liter engine bigger sleeves, essentially a 10-liter engine. It's got IH rods. It's got a custom oiling system. It's got three S500 turbochargers. Uh, all fabrication stuff was built by Whirly. It's got an air-to-water intercooler on it. The radiator has been relocated <coughs> to the bed because the engine's so fucking huge. Uh, it's 600 cubic inches. Did I say that once already? Because yeah, it's, it's 600 cubic inches. Cool. It packages well in the engine bay, by the way. I mean, I mean it, it fills it up. Yeah. It makes it look like a, yeah. Um, like a Benz, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> normally a Cummins, you got a lot of room to work, yeah, and that yeah. thing's just like stuffed. Those those turbos are huge. I mean, three S five hundred turbochargers. Those are big turbos if you've never seen one. Um, fuel systems: two fourteen millimeter CP three pumps. They're overdriven. They're on the front of the engine. They're uh, cog drive, and that was built by Worley. Those are Exergy's pumps, and then Exergy did the injectors as well. And I honestly don't remember what the hell they are. I think they're four hundred overs. Okay, but they could be bigger. They could be smaller. Okay. I don't know. No. So back in 2015, when you decided to do this project, you know, some of our our show sponsors, you know, you just you kind of mentioned them, you know, Exergy and Whirly. Yeah. Um, so once again, you know, going to the drawing board and coming up with some crazy idea. I remember in 2013, 2014, you were talking about doing something like this, and you wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. A couple years go by, you start this project, and then you team up with you know who you'd consider best of the best as far as fabrication, fuel systems, and at the time, Exergy. Had never modified a set of injectors of of that uh, engine before, correct? That's correct. Yeah, they had not seen that engine. Uh, they had not seen injectors out of that engine. I mean, to, to back up to your point there, yeah, I mean, we had just started the heavy-duty tuning side of the mm-hmm. business in 2013, 2014, and we'd kind of seen how, how similar the bigger Cummins were to the smaller Cummins, and just the idea of, like, what if? Why, why can't we do that? Like, why can't we put a 9-liter engine in a regular truck, you yeah. know? And then the UCC came out for, with their opener year, and that was kind of the opportunity. Like, hey, we could spend some money on something stupid and see if it works. And so the project was hatched. Um, <laughs> yeah, Exergy had never, you know, done anything like that. Of course, the ISL engine has a different fuel pump stock. It's a monster. It's an oily. It's a oily. It's oily. It's a. Uh, I don't know what that what they even call it, but it's uh, <coughs> takes engine oil. So yeah, oil cooled oil. You know, engine oil, whatever. Um, but I don't know what the capacity of that pump is. I they don't know. I didn't know. We didn't have the time to do R and D on it. So it was like we'll work with what we know. We know two CP CP threes at fourteen millimeters will feed two thousand horsepower. Yep. So that's what we went with. Um, you know, Whirly custom built the exhaust manifold. Yep. Custom built all the plumbing. 
air to water setup. I mean, there is piping for days on that thing. Underneath the truck, in the bed of the truck, in the engine compartment of the truck, going over from one side of the motor to the other side of the motor of the truck. I mean, everywhere yeah. you go. You got air to water, you got the radiator in the bed, you got the fuel yeah. system, two yeah. fast 200s, some crazy fuel system on it. Um, it's funny, after like four years, you just kind of forget some of the things that are yeah. done to it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, a big part of it was just getting it to run. Mm-hmm. Because the reluctor wheel count was different. I mean, we, it's running on the stock ECU out of the truck with out of, that other engine. So it, it's running a CMD, right, CMD. a 2200? Yeah, the, it's running the bastard stepchild. Yep. I mean, 2011 cabin chassis was a special. Mm-hmm. Special <laughs> special breed. Special ECM. So, yeah, CM2200. We're going to call that ECM Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul would appreciate that. Uh, truck first ran in... What, like 2017? Yeah, I would say, Came well, together? originally it was supposed to go <clears throat> to the the first UCC in Indiana. Didn't make the first UCC, nope. not even close. First. Almost made the second one. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The second one it was supposed to go to. Almost um, made the second one. Scattered on the dime. Day before. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, that was at 1,600 horsepower, stock connecting rods, compressed. Yeah, what RPM? That was a low RPM. Uh, it was like 23, 2400 RPM, 3,200 foot-pounds. Yeah. That was that was hell, that was a very expensive nightmare. Um, yeah, so I kind of pushed it into the corner and was like, middle I, finger a couple yeah, times, you know, like, like I'm out. Yes, yes, <laughs> you can only deal with so much. Yeah. So off that goes into a place where I can not look at it for a while, and then uh, two years later, got it back up and going, fresh motor, you know, rocking and rolling. It's got a 48 RE with manual valve body behind it. Uh, stock transfer case with the upgraded shafts. I mean, you know more about the trans than I do in it. You guys kind of spec'd all that out. Uh, Stock rear end, stock front end, stock size, I should say, bigger axles, 342 gears, lockers, air locker in the front. I mean, the truck is a monster. It's literally a freaking monster. It's got semi-wheels. It's got... Yeah, I mean, what... What was really mind-blowing to me is, you know, the truck spent some time on the dyno recently, and uh, I was up here last last weekend, and uh, they were... A couple of the guys that you know that, that play around, they were cleaning, getting ready for sled pull. Yeah, and I had the bright idea to go take it out on the street. So went and took it for a little drive. Uh, took my daughter kind of up and down the the lot here, the the street here, and uh, it's crazy how how those turbochargers come to life and how important engine displacement is. Yeah, it's night and day, man. I mean, you have a well, you have an Evo, Chris. It has two liters. It has yeah. a sixty-four or sixty-seven. Yeah, it has a turbo. sixty-four millimeter charger on it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't come to life until what four thousand, five thousand RPM. Five thousand. Yep. Sure. You double the displacement, right? Yeah, that would have been twenty-five hundred. You know, three thousand for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and that. I mean, the S five hundred is a ninety-one mil and it's got a one forty-five AR. So if, yeah. if you're in the business, you know that is the huge AR. Yeah. Like, there's no way you're going to get that thing to spool. Yeah, I mean, that engine gets that turbocharger in motion by 1,300, 1,400. Like, it drives very, yeah. very well. Like, wh- what? Like, right. what's going on here? Yeah, it's crazy how quick that thing comes to life. Yep. I mean, yeah, that engine's not playing with a ton of RPM either. You know, it's not like these pickup truck motors where they're revving them out to five, 6,000, you right. know, RPM. It, it's not like that. You know, 3,000 RPM, the motor's done. Yeah, I mean, we have the rev limiter set at 3,500. I don't know how high it will... It will go. Mm-hmm. It might be happy at 4,000. I don't know. I kind of just wanted to. <laughs> like you said, you were on the dyno. I had the guys running the dyno. We were 1,200 horsepower on the dyno. The thing was cool as a cucumber. Like, there was no drama. 
It was like, that feels like a really nice tune. Let's just run it down the track and see what it's got. <clears throat> so fast forward Sunday. Fast forward to Sunday. Showed up Sunday with that tune, right? right? And uh, get it off the trailer, get it going. I mean, everything feels good. People in the pits are smiling. Everybody's loving the truck. I mean, and the truck had a really warm reception. I really appreciate the fans yeah. out there supporting I mean, it still. The thing is, you know, being there and watching as a spectator and seeing how everyone reacted, you know, you're in an area where guys live and breathe diesel engines, right? Yeah. They know the sound of a 6.7. They know the sound of a 5.9. <laughs> they know the sound of a 6.6. And all of a sudden, you know, this Frankenstein monstrosity comes pulling in. Yeah. And the truck has its own unique sound. It does not sound like it comes in. And you have this mosquito fogger coming out the tailpipe, just, you know, puffing, chugging along. It, it's a sight to be seen, a sight to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It has, a, it's, it has a definite, yeah. distinct idle. And then coming up on boost, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of our listeners, you know, uh, if you've seen, go on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, you know, there was a video that went live that we had, you know, published. Um, Is that as... Instagram? It's on all. Yes, it's on all of them. Okay. All of our social media channels. Justin was one that published it, so he would know, you know, right? <laughs> Working but... the soundboard. Thanks for the chime in, Justin. <laughs> so walk us through. So you go up, you pulled in the expedition class. Exhibition class. Exhibition. Yes. Expedition, expedition. It's all the same. Uh, yeah. So the class that I ran is Worley's Max Street, uh, Hot Street class, yep. right? So 8,000-pound trucks, run what you brung. I mean, Worley's truck is probably 11, 1,200 horsepower. Yeah. Uh, some really nasty trucks. In there. The Mock Brothers got a solid long bed. Yeah, that thing, that thing was nasty. nasty going down the track. Yeah. Uh, so I lined up there. I think eight trucks ran at the end of the class. Uh, pulled up for low. Turned on the air locker, just, you know, up, backed up to the trailer, started spooling it up, realized that I did not start my log file. Had to pause, look down, start the log file, keep my cool. Uh, manually had it in second gear and got it up to, I don't know, 2,300 RPM. It felt like it really wanted to go, let off the brake, rolled into the throttle, and instantly locked the converter clutch up, and it just boiled the tires up to 3,500 RPM, hit the rev limiter, Clicked it into third gear, and we were off, man. And that thing was just screaming. All I heard was turbocharger. Um, and I'm looking at the tack, and it's showing 3,100 RPM and climbing. And I was looking down at the overdrive switch about half track, thinking, Jack, you think you can pull overdrive? Like, it's 0.75. And then by the time I thought that, I thought, that's a bad idea. Just keep it in drive. And kept it in drive, and it was, it was humming. And then at the end of the track... Uh, Got to, got to a little bit of a bump, and I felt it kind of chatter like twice or three times, and then, boom, and I heard that that same. I felt that same like big break that I felt on the dyno, like something big let go. I was like, no, not enough smoke to be a motor. And <laughs> yep. So uh, the flag guy's yelling at me to shut it down. I was like, well, it's still running. That's a good sign. And shut it off and uh, hopped out and looked underneath, and there's a transfer case laying on the ground. So uh, I've got the transfer case situation assessed, right? Transfer yep. case broke off the tail shaft or the uh, tail, housing. tail housing of the trans, broke the uh, – see, we had <clears> – <throat> pause. We had put a two-piece drive shaft in the truck for the UCC because we were planning on drag racing the truck. Yep. And you can't, you're not supposed to run a one-piece drive shaft at the trap speed that we were conceivably going to have to go to compete in the UCC. 
So a two-piece drive shaft was in the truck. Now, this was not a little stock two-piece drive shaft. This was a huge two-piece drive shaft. Yeah. Anyway, broke the first part of the two-piece drive shaft, pretzeled it up, and I think once that happened, that's when the uh, carnage really, you know, that's when the transfer case fell out. So what's what's mind-boggling to me is you see the video, and, and the video doesn't do justice for seeing that truck in person. 80 feet out, the truck didn't sound like much. It was moving, but it wasn't cooking, right? 80 yeah. feet out, you hear these turbochargers come to life, like maybe the two atmospherics just finally like did I think the business. Once I clicked in a drive, you've, the load came on it, yep. and that's when you felt the. And all you hear is like a, a, a jet plane yeah, coming down the track. Of the atmosphere. <clears throat> and you hear, you know, you watch these trucks, and I mean, these 11, 1200 horse. You know, pickup trucks are are doing you know 25, 26 mile an hour ground speed. You know that that's the peak. You know they're not doing that ground speed the entire way down the track. Sure. You know, so that illusion's a little off. Then you see this thing going down the track. I mean, it's hauling ass. That truck was cooking down the street yeah. or down the track, and you see the frame where the cab and the bed meet. It's flexing like any badass thing you see in sled pulling was going on during this run, right? Yeah. And then it just comes to a complete halt. <laughs> and then you see a transfer case just drop and it's dangling by a wiring harness. Yeah. And then you come out, you know, you take your helmet off, you look down, and then you're, ec- you're ecstatic. Like, that's a good thing. <laughs> like, that is a good thing. The engine's still in one piece. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, adrenaline. A lot of adrenaline. A yeah. lot of adrenaline. I mean, I, you know, we, we had talked about having somebody else run the truck. I like to let you guys run this tr- yeah. run the trucks. I don't think it's any secret around the around the business that I like to let you guys run the trucks. I think it's fun. It drives morale. It makes them you know gives you something to look forward to. But I knew that if somebody drove that truck and broke it, that I would probably kill him. Eh, probably wouldn't be too happy about it. <laughs> so what thought, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> probably uh, would be smart just to the first time down the track at least to do it yeah, myself. Let and you break way, it. If I break it, I got nobody to be <laughs> upset about. But the, the run felt so awesome. Um, I mean, the, it, it went further than not that it was in the rule book of the yep. other trucks, but it, it went further than the class. Um, you know, it just it felt great. Uh, you know, at the cost of a. Couple new shafts and whatever. I mean, we got yeah. probably twenty five hundred bucks into fixing it, and uh, I'm okay with that. It's yeah. a good run. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's going to go out again. You know, this isn't yeah. the last that anyone's going to see the truck. We'll get more footage of the truck as it moves forward, and it, you know, the build's going to mature. Yeah. You know, we think we have a a, a fairly solid you know um, power plant now. So now we're going to find all the other loose ends along the way. The trucks made a bunch of dyno pulls at that power yep. level. I mean. It, Look, 1,200 horsepower in the dyno, I mean, you've been in the motorsport. It's <laughs> nothing crazy, yeah. right? I'm sure the truck was making more than that going down the track. How much more, I don't know. It certainly was not at 2,000 horsepower. Mm-hmm. But I think there's opportunity to turn turn it up a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, we were at 17 degrees of timing and 1,800 microseconds. I mean, it was pretty tame, yeah. pretty tame tune-up. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was like three days to come off of that adrenaline rush. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> One of the other things that uh, has been going on in the R&D department, something that when you first started getting involved in this, I didn't get it. A couple. There's been a couple projects that you've gotten involved in or wanted to get involved in, and I look at you and I go, I don't understand. I think this is dumb. And then you always uh, seem to prove me wrong. But that's the uh, Mahindra Roxor. Yeah. So, uh, little you know background, Mahindra about a year and a half ago now, right? They they came two years maybe. Yeah, I think this is the second or third model year. Okay. So the yep. So 2017. Okay. So 2017, Mahindra company out of India, 
Uh, they're big in the ag world, diesel engines, things like that in general. Yeah. Um, they bring a Jeep-looking vehicle stateside. Um, they're sold in a lot of like motorsport, ATV-style uh, markets, if right. you will. Yep. Um, and you know, super badass. You know, all of 50 horsepower. Uh, five-speed manual trans. They came with just two seats. You couldn't get a windshield. And uh, over the last few years, you know, upgrades and different dealer options have come out. Yeah, it's right? a it's a Lego man. It's something yeah. you build to accessorize. Yeah. Like, not that I like to use that word around guy toys, but you know, it's something you. It's a cool ass thing to buy, and you just bolt parts on yeah. it. Windshields and they winches, whatever. Everything and anything for this. Yeah, I mean, by there's the way. a whole aftermarket that sprouted up around these yeah. things, and they're. They're wildly popular uh, in the off-road world. They're, I, th- I think they got a. I mean, look at how popular the Jeep is, right? Yeah. You bring the 1940s Jeep back in at a price point that's half of a baseline Jeep Wrangler, and it's a diesel. I mean, yeah, home run. Yeah, home run. So, <clears throat> out of all of that, you know, I, I don't know what its direct competitor is in the market space. If you ask me, I look at that. I look at like a Razor. I look at a Can Am. I look at these different, you know, vehicles. Yeah. Again, some differences. There's some comparisons. Um, but 50 horsepower, right? 50 they horsepower. make 50 wheel horsepower. God, they're awful fucking slow. So, uh, you know, a couple years ago, you know, you got one. We started some R&D. Yeah. Uh, we offered a couple of tunes on an ECM exchange. ECM comes in. We flash it. We send them back out. Yep. We learned a couple weak links along the way. You know, the boost increase valve kit that's offered, um, the intake latch to help with yeah. uh, boost leaks. Yep. And I mean, you know, you're buying a $15,000 vehicle or a $12,000 vehicle. You get what you pay for. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um then you decided that hey we're going to get into a couple other you know projects turbochargers things like that um that truck the jeep uh, the rockstar just got off the dyno recently what kind of power originally you didn't want to say anything and then a day later he's on the rockstar facebook page like hey, i got you so where are we right now out of a 50 horsepower wheel horsepower stock configuration to yeah. what yeah so they advertise 62 horsepower they dyno 52 horsepower we just got off the dyno at 196 wheel horsepower, which is it's easily over 200 horsepower at the crank. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're over 400 foot-pounds now. Clearly, there's going to be a limitation to what a Dana 44 and yeah. all those driveline components can handle. I mean, a, a turned-up Razor or a turned-up, you know, Can-Am is a 200 horsepower machine. Of course, they're lighter. Yeah. Um, but and the, and the Rocksaur has an archaic suspension, but it's basic. You know, when you drive it, you have this feeling like I'm going on an adventure. Yeah, and that's oh, what yeah. it's about. Safari. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to hit the bumps and get jostled around oh, a little yeah. bit. I think that's what the machine's about. So, I mean, I enjoy the aftermarket. I enjoy turbochargers. I like tuning. Seems like a good fit. Yeah. Uh, so we did a turbocharger for it, a bigger turbocharger. Uh, of course, uh, guys who listen to this podcast. And hear me are of course familiar with the stealth program. I had to do a turbocharger that was bolt-in replacement. Bolt-in, no changes to the turbo. You know, turbocharger bolts right in. We modify the tune. Uh, we should probably mention the fuel system. So the stock fuel pumps a little bit on the soft side. So we did a CP3 pump conversion. But uh, you know, extra air, extra fuel. It's the basic recipe for power. Mm-hmm. And I uh, can't wait to get. So currently, an intercooling 
well, fabrication? Yeah, let, let, let's kind of, so we yeah. originally did a CP3 on it. We yeah. did the turbocharger. Yeah. We had this idea uh, that we were going to pick up this power, yeah. get it on the dyno, what happens? Yeah, we don't pick up the power we think we're supposed to pick up. And after, I'd say, what, a week, week and a half, you know, we were going back, kind of troubleshooting, looking at it. Changing boost levels, changing fuel levels, changing timing, chasing it in the tune. Like, what is going on? This thing is just not making power. So what was it? It's the intercooler, man. you got to put an intercooler on it. So it's restrictive. No, it's hot. Just the air itself. So heat soaking. Yeah. Well, if you set the boost number for 25 pounds of boost and you run the intake charge at 350 degrees, you're not going to get the same air mass that you're going to get at 80 degrees. Okay. So what we did is by putting the intercooler on it, we make the turbocharger that much more efficient. We make the air handling system that much more efficient, and we get the air mass into the engine way up. Okay. Once we have that air mass, we can couple it with our extra fuel. Okay. But, uh, you know, some of that tuning time was also spent on the fuel on the fuel pump conversion. So we had to remap the regulator and the M-prop. Um, on the fuel system. The the Mahindra fuel system regulator maps totally different than the CP3. So we had to map all those tables out, chase that stuff in the background. So we had a bunch of regulator surge yeah. we were fighting with and trying to get the fuel system ironed out there too. But once we got that ironed out, we still didn't get the power that we thought we should have out of it. Um, we picked up 30, over 30 horsepower with an intercooler. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's big, and, so, and that's EGTs are way down. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, all the benefits of an intercooler. So, is it, I would assume calibrated power eventually is going to be offering somewhat of an upgraded kit, an intercooler pipes, turbo, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to bundle the whole kit together and have it be something that you know. Uh, I think these power sports dealers are interested probably in installing oh, yeah. them, or um, other people, you know, other shops around the around the area. You know, if you can bundle a product together that offers nearly two hundred horsepower out of a 50 horsepower machine mm-hmm. gearheads appreciate that yeah. on the on the stealth topic uh, another thing so i've worked in this organization now for you know six years um early years here we uh swore that we would never start ford support right we're not getting we into fords we swear i don't think we swore. we we swore that it wasn't you're like i'm not doing that then, uh, you know, a couple years go by, you start R&Ding on the 6.7 platform, which has been, you know, very promising. It's been yeah. a strong contender for yeah. us. Um, and, of course, the Stealth program is going to adopt turbochargers, and we're going to be supporting some of the turbochargers. Sure. Um, so one of the new projects, right, I'll kind of let you kind of, you know, uh, bring it home and, and kind of discuss it. But what, what do we have going on in there? Uh, we just uh, got our first 67 G2 for the 6-liter Power Stroke. 6-liter. Six 6-liter. Six so the 04 to 07. 03. 03 and a half, okay, if you want to get technical. So 04 to 07, 6-liter Fords, offering a drop-in turbocharger with a lot of the technology that we have learned yeah, on the Duramax yeah, side. Yeah. So bigger, much bigger turbine, uh, much revised vein geometry and placement mm-hmm. compared to probably anything else on the market. Um, there's been dropping turbos for the 6.0 for a long time. Years. You know, there's been a lot of stuff available for those trucks, but we've had such awesome success in the drivability and the response and the power on the 67 G2 on the Turamax side that I thought, you know, nobody else is doing anything like this. We should, we should try this out. So we just finished one. We got it on a local guy's truck who's got a built motor. And uh, I'm going to tune my first 6-liter Ford. Wow. So first ever 6-liter turbocharger, 67. First Huey-injected Huey injected truck. 
but we're not supporting Ford. But you never said that. You never <laughs> Just, said that. <laughs> hey, if you want to know what the turbo can do, you got to tune the truck. Absolutely. Got to know I, what I don't vein. know that we're going to tune six liter trucks as a matter of operating business, but I, I do want to know what the turbocharger is capable of, and I want to be able to coach other tuners out there. Right. You know, what the dynamics are they need to consider with our turbocharger specifically so they can get the most out of it. So to the listeners, what are what's else in the pipeline? You know, there's a lot of other uh, people out there that, you know, request information on maybe some other platforms for turbo upgrades that we might not support at the moment. But what's what's the future look like for the stealth program over at CPS? Uh, I'm certainly interested in the EcoBoost market. Okay. Um, tuned uh, quite a few 3.5 liter trucks recently here getting familiar with those getting familiar with the limitations of those factory turbochargers the factory air handling systems um, just just trying to once you understand the, the limitations on the dyno and looking at log files and kind of seeing where the factory parts run out I think you can you know judge and, and base you know how big you need to go yeah. um, what the aftermarket needs what the what the sweet spot is I and mean, you don't want to oversize you, you know you don't want to build a 700 horsepower turbocharger for a 450 horsepower engine. Right. Um, so I'm trying to get a good handle on what the EcoBoost platform needs, what the market's looking for. So uh, going to start looking down that avenue. Um, the Can-Ams. Wow. Right. I like the Can-Am okay. stuff. I like the RZRs, the Razors. Uh, I'm not committing to it, but I'm certainly looking Something at it. Something you're going to look into. Yeah. Yeah. How about anything more on the truck side of things? Any other turbo drop-ins that you're going to be looking into? Yeah, we have uh, we have some uh, 6.4 Ford stuff that we're checking out, uh, 6.7 Ford stuff that's moving. Um, I think everybody who works with us is, is waiting for the HE351VE turbocharger right. to finally, finally make its way in. Um, there's no shortage of opportunities out no, there. No, absolutely know? not. Um, one thing we don't want to I, I don't want to do is get so wrapped up in R and D that you know any of our consistency and, and throughput gets interrupted. So it's a matter of adding one, making sure everything's good. Adding one, making sure everything's yeah. good. Going back through it. Um, HX thirty five guys. I mean, we have that stuff ready to cut yeah. for so, the second gen. Yeah, second be, gen Cummins truck. We've, we've tested a few of those already. We're we're pretty solid on that platform. So expect expect those to drop relatively soon here. Cool. Anything else new at the CPS? <laughs> Isn't that enough, Chris? I don't know, man. Okay. Well, Nick, I appreciate you taking some time uh, talking about your uh, money endeavors with the UCC big block truck, <laughs> and uh, you know, letting you know myself and a couple of the guys here, you know, sled pull throughout the year, and yeah. not talk about the carnage that we had. Maybe they'll be in another podcast. Yeah, um, yeah that's the way it goes. Yeah, and uh, you know the the rock source stuff. You know, I've again been in that, driven it. It's a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see the finished product with uh, some of the stuff we have going on with that. And, uh, you know, the turbochargers, I'm always excited with the stealth line, you know, seeing what's new, what's improving, you know, and even the turbos that we currently have out, we're always finding little ways to improve on that for, you know, our, our customers. So it's a, it's a, it's a continuously improving system. I think that's what the aftermarket is. Cool. You know, it's, it's always getting better. Uh, but there's, you know, there's a reason for that. And you got to be on the cutting edge yeah. if you want to be, want to be competitive. Um, anybody who's interested in the Cummins big block build can definitely find it on CumminsForum.com. It's I think the most viewed thread they've ever had. Uh, it's just search Big Block Cummins. If you want to know more about Mahindra and the Rocksore, check out the Mahindra Rocksore Enthusiasts Facebook page. Yeah. You just search on Facebook for anything on the Mahindra Rocksore. 
Um, we post updates on our Duramax Tuner Facebook page and Instagram. And Instagram. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Um, and, of course, if anyone has questions, you can call the shop, 815-568-7920. Hell yeah. So, you know, feel <laughs> free to, to call and ask. Uh, but for today, uh, thanks for listening, guys. This has been Chris. And I'm Nick. And what are you not supposed to talk about on the podcast? Eating ass. Eating ass.